pastors Michael and Brenda Brunzo welcome you and thank you for listening to the following message. This message was recorded during a regular service at Faith Fellowship Church. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we believe this message will encourage and strengthen you in your daily walk of faith. God bless you as you listen. with you this morning. Turn to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. I'll be reading from the King James Version. It says, And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood twelve years, and has suffered many things of many physicians, and has spent all that she had, and was nothing better, but rather grew worse, when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind, and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue or power had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou who touched me? And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. And I know this is a very familiar story, and we've all heard it or at least read about it when we maybe was reading our Bible, but just when you think you know everything, uh-huh. God shows you more. Amen. And I want you to notice something here. It seems like this woman just forcefully took her healing from Jesus. I mean, she just helped herself. And she didn't pray to the Lord. She didn't get in the healing line. She didn't have hands laid on her. She didn't have the elders pray for her. She just forced her way through the crowd and come up behind Jesus, reached out and grabbed the hem of his garment and got her healed. I, you know, we like to say from the story, Jesus didn't even know what was going on. He turned around and said, who touched me? Jesus knew exactly what was going on. The crowds were thronging him. They were touching him, pulling at him. I mean, he was a celebrity. And, and uh, that's why he, he told uh, his disciples, asked him, you know, how could you say who's touching you when everybody is thronging you? Well, there was one touch that he felt virtue go out of his body. Amen. And the only thing that would cause that is when faith yes. touches Jesus, yes. power goes out of his body. Yes. And I believe when he turned around, he knew who it was. Yes. She knew he knew yes. who it was. Yes. And that's why she just confessed and told him everything. But I know it sounds rude. It seems like it's rude for her to just forcefully get up in there and take what she wanted. But uh, And you might be wondering, what gave her the right to do something like that? Uh, well, faith gave her the right to do that. Amen. And it wasn't rude, it was bold. Yes. You know, a lot of times people's Boldness is mistaken for rudeness. Mm-hmm. Yes. I know that's happened to us before. But sometimes you got to be bold about something. You just got to say what it what it means and mean what it says. And 
not beat around the bush or sugarcoat some things. And people will say it's rude, but uh, most of the time it's just being bold and it's telling the truth. Amen. Uh, because that's the kind of faith that can draw things from God. Yes. It's a bold faith. Yeah. Not a timid faith. Not I wonder if this will work type of faith. Uh, I know somebody tried it, so I'll try it too type of faith. No, this is a bold faith that you know what you want, you know how to get it, and you know who to get it from. So God gave us faith. The Bible says he gave every, every one of us the measure of faith. I mean, if he didn't give us the measure of faith, we would have never been able to get saved because it takes faith to get saved. And so he gave us a measure of faith. And uh, the reason that he gave us faith is so that we can reach up to heaven and pull down the things that we need, pull down the blessings that we need. And James said every good and perfect gift comes from above yes. and comes down from the Father of lights in yes. whom there is no variableness or shadow of turning. Okay. In other words, God is light. Yes. He's not a light. He is light. Yes. And he shines all the way around. You can turn him any way you want, and you're never going to see a shadow or any variableness because yes. he is light. Yes. And he's the one that gives us all of these wonderful, good, and perfect gifts. And it's faith that opens the windows of heaven so God can pour these things out. And God gave us faith so we can see his power manifested in the earth. Because everything that comes from God is it, propagated through faith. You've got to have faith to get it from God. And I don't know about you, but I want to see more of that in the earth. I want to see more of that in the church. I want to yes. see more of that in yes. my family. I want to yes. see more of that in each one of you. Yes. We're at a time in history... And on the prophetic clock, well, we're going to need bold faith. Because yes. timid faith or a little faith is not going to get you through the things that you're going to need right. to go through. So God gave us the measure of faith. But if you want bold faith, the kind of faith that this woman had, there's only one way that it will come. And that's Romans chapter 10. I'm going to be reading through the 15th and 17th verses. Paul says, and how shall they preach unless they are sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace. How beautiful are the feet of those that preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Hallelujah. I got beautiful feet this morning. Amen. Wow, I'm preaching the gospel of peace, and I, and I have good tidings for you. I got some yes. good news for you. Yes. Amen. Amen. But Verse 16, they have not all obeyed the gospel. Uh -oh. They haven't obeyed the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? Yes. So how do you obey the gospel? By, re by believing the report. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you know, we say, I believe the report of the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes. I believe that I'm healed, I'm saved, I'm sanctified. You know, we have these wonderful Christian confessions and there's nothing wrong with them. But do you really believe the report? Amen. If you really believe the report, there'd be a smile on your yeah, face. There'd be right. joy on your face. In verse 17, it says, this is what I want to get to. All that other was free. <laughs> so then faith, or believing, because that's what faith is, comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Yeah. Now, you know, I've been listening to some healing scriptures, and I've been listening to Trina Hankins, Mark Hankins' wife, and she's been teaching healing school. And she says, you, when you've got something in your body that doesn't belong there, she says, you need to take in the word of God. 
Yes. And keep taking it in and yes. letting the word of God expand in yes. you until it starts pushing out things that don't belong there. Yes. And then you have to maintain that. Because if you don't maintain it, that thing will come back in. Yes, she talked will. about getting healed and maintaining your healing. Yes. And so that's what I've been doing. I've been pouring the word in. I'm going I'm to get so the word expanding in me so much that it drives out every sickness, every disease that's in my body. Amen. Yes. Yes. So you want bold faith like this woman with the issue of blood? Then you're going to have to get in the word like you never did before. Uh, or more, more important than that, it's not just getting in the word, it's getting the word in you. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have to get the yeah. word in you like you've never got it in you before. Yeah. And the Bible said when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. You know, hearing of Jesus is the start of every miracle. Yes, it's the start of every healing. Yeah. She was on the right track because when she heard of Jesus, that motivated her to come behind in the press. Yeah. And the more she heard about Jesus, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Well, this is the living word. Mm -hmm. So the more she heard about the living word, the bolder her faith became. And maybe she heard about the miracles he performed. Maybe she heard about the gospel or the people he healed. Maybe she heard about the devils he cast out and the thousands he fed with a couple of fish and a few loaves of bread. But by the time she got to Jesus, her faith was ready to explode. And I think when she grabbed his garment, it exploded. And it was powerful enough to draw healing, draw virtue, draw healing, I mean, power out of Jesus. Now, I, I know for a fact Jesus didn't release anything that he didn't want to be released. Right. He was in total control of his anointing. And, but when that woman touched him, he felt faith. Yeah. And that faith is what, what caused Jesus to allow that virtue to depart out of him. Mm -hmm. and, and it was her faith that allowed it to go into her. Yes. You know, you can have faith to draw something out, but you have faith to receive it. Amen. And she had enough That's faith it. for both. And my point is this, the Lord made it clear that it was her faith. Remember he said that? Daughter, thy faith that made thee whole. And so it was her faith that made her whole. It was her faith, not the Lord's faith, not the Lord's sovereignty, not the fact that he was the son of God, not because of the prayer team. Nobody laid hands on her. It was her faith that made her whole. Her faith that got her healed. So in other words, she knew she had to overcome her weakness and do something to experience God's power in her life. Because James says faith without works is dead. Now she could have had all the faith in the world. But if she stayed at home on that bed of sickness. She would have never got her, her, her healing. So Jesus felt power leave him. He turned around and said who touched me? Mm -hmm. And when she came forward he, he said daughter thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and behold of thy plague. Her faith. So we have to realize that we always have something to do when it comes to receiving something from God. We have a part to play, and that is to provide the faith, which is the vehicle that's going to bring our miracle and our healing to us. So I'm going to tell you something. The more I learn about God's blessings, the more I realize how important our faith is. And the more I, I realize that we have to, we have so much more to do uh, present tense than God does. Amen. We're always relying on God, but God is waiting on us. Yes. See, uh, everything God did is past tense. 
What do I mean by that? He's already done all he's going to do. He's already purchased yeah. your salvation. Yeah. Jesus died on the cross, paid the price over 2,000 years ago. There's nothing left for him to do about yeah. that. Amen. He's already given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. And it's up to us to receive it. And just like with the, this woman with the issue of blood, sometimes we have to use force to get it. Come on. It took force for her to get to that place. It yeah. took force for her to get through that crowd and to get to Jesus. And there's times that things happen in our lives that we just don't understand. And so we attribute them to the will of God. Or maybe, maybe it's not the will of God. Or we were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Maybe we just had some bad luck. Or maybe it's just karma. Maybe it's seed that was sown and I'm reaping the harvest of it. There's all kinds of questions, all kinds of reasons, but sometimes things happen to us or someone that we love that will really shake our faith. Yes. I don't care. You can be faith superman or woman. There's things going to happen in your life that's going to shake your faith and challenge you. And we wonder why it happens. Sometimes we even blame God. And we say things like, Lord, how could this happen? How could you allow it to happen? But let me show you something, and this is interesting. I'm going to take a side journey here, Go and then ahead. we'll get back to the woman. But Go ahead. Uh, as some of you know, Pastor Ed and I are going through the greatest challenge or trial of our lives right now. And we were uh, praying Friday after we got back home mm -hmm. and uh, asking some of these very questions and, you know, why? Why did this happen? You know, I, I'm a faith believer. I'm a faith healer. I believe in healing. You know, I trust you. Why did this happen? And things like that. And well, you know, I was questioning God respectfully. I never get, you know, why do you let this happen type of thing? No, I was, I had some genuine questions, you know. And one of the last things we prayed was, God, we need a fit word for this season that we're in. Yes. We need direction. We need to make sense of this. Yes. And then early the next morning, Sister Kate, she sent us a word, and I could paraphrase it for you, but I transcribed it so I can read it to you word for word because uh, I believe that this word can impact you as well as it impacts me and Pastor Ed as we received it. And as a matter of fact, I want you to receive it for yourself because I'm sure it will answer some of the questions that you have. And I, I quote, it went like this. When you understand your purpose, when you know what you're called to do, when you're trying to walk upright and do the godly thing, the devil is going to attack you. Yes. He will attack your life, and if he doesn't get you, he will attack somebody that's close to you. He'll go after your spouse, he'll go after your children, he'll go after your job, he'll attack your health. Whenever there is an attack against you, it's because there is an assignment and an anointing on the inside of you. So the devil is trying to stop your assignment. He's trying to block your destiny. And it's not just trouble with the devil for no reason. He would never waste his time trying to block a vehicle that's not moving. He wouldn't waste his time trying to block a vehicle that's not going anywhere. In other words, why would the devil attack a parked car? He's trying to stop someone that's on the move for God. So when you're carrying something on the inside of you, that's when the satanic and demonic attacks happen. 
Sometimes you realize, I haven't done anything to her, I haven't done anything to him, and I'm still getting attacked. Well, when you recognize that, uh, when you recognize that and you're finding attacks in too many different places, there's too much going on all at the same time. This is not just coincidental. This is something that is satanic and demonic. Yep. This is an attack against your assignment. This is an attack against your destiny, against what you are born to do, what you are anointed to do, because he's trying to stop your calling. He's trying to stop your assignment. This is much bigger than you just having some trouble right now. Yes. Now I'm telling you, that spoke to our hearts and that it was encouraging. And, you know, just like we prayed, Proverbs 15, 23, a word spoken in due season, a word spoken at the right moment, how good it is. And boy, that was good. It, it helped us make sense of what's going on here, you know. And, uh, I mean, that's what we prayed for, and, and within a matter of hours, that it came that early that morning. And uh, it was refreshing, it was encouraging, it was uplifting, and it was a word that was right on time. And, uh, you know, I told this story before. We were grieving over Gwen, and Mike called the morning she died, and he made that joke about George being in heaven and putting a cockroach on Gwen's birthday cake because it was her birthday. And we were really out of it. You know, I shared this at the funeral, but we were really out of it. But I'm telling you, that was a fit word spoken in season, yes. in the right season. Yes. And it just uplifted us. It encouraged us. You know, it gave us a laugh. And, you know, it's just like uh, Mike and... Uh, Ethan and Chris and them was at the house and Mike started telling Walmart stories and the other day and we were laughing so hard it was just you know medicine. I mean that's all that's all the only way you can describe it is you know laughter doeth good like a medicine and it's true it does. And so it helps us. But you know I, I'm gonna take a different route here because it's something we have to understand about faith. Uh, a lot of times we don't receive things because uh, it doesn't require faith to re, uh, to get out of certain things that we're into because it was disobedience that got us into it, or we're reaping a harvest, and uh, faith doesn't work where repentance is required. Hmm. And so I want to talk about that a minute because uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you this, but don't stone me yet till I explain it. But faith doesn't work for everything. And one of the things that faith doesn't work for is disobedience. And sometimes we find ourselves in a trial or a mess because of our disobedience. And uh, I've actually had people tell me that they tried faith and it didn't work. And, and you know, they tell me that uh, I know someone that had a lot of faith but didn't get healed. This is the type of conversation Pastor Ed is telling you she don't want to hear she don't want to hear war stories about, I knew somebody who had this same thing and this happened and that happened, you know. Uh, that's not faith. Uh, they'll say, I believe God with all my heart and nothing happened. Well, that's what they told you. Yes. You don't know what or how hard that's they believe. Right. That's right. There's different reasons for things going the way they do. Like I said, sowing and reaping or maybe disobedience. But one thing I've learned over the years is that the Lord will always deal with our hearts before he allows us to get into something that is going to be harmful for us. 
He deals with our hearts and tries to get us to change directions long before something bad happens. And I'm not saying this, uh, it's because of sickness, although we can cause sickness as well as some of the other problems that we have through disobedience. But he tries to direct us and tell us to go this way or don't go that way or don't do this or do that. And he gently tries to nudge us and lead us in the right direction to avoid these things. Yes. But when we ignore his leading, and, and you know, he's not screaming in our ear with a bullhorn, it's a still small voice, but we can hear it. Yes. And when we hear it and we ignore that, yes, then it grieves him because he knows we're headed for a fall. That's he knows right. we're headed for trouble. Yes. And when God deals with us to not do something and we do it anyway, first of all, it's sin. And God's not going to bless sin. That's right. Faith is not going to get you out of sin. James said in James 4, 17, Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him, it is sin. So when you're disobedient, it's sin. We know things like don't smoke, don't drink, don't use drugs, don't have sex outside of marriage, don't commit adultery, don't disobey the authorities, don't break the law, don't eat harmful foods. But we do these things anyway, and then when something goes awry, we say, God, how did this happen to me? Why did you let this happen? Well, maybe if you didn't do what you knew you shouldn't have did, it might not have happened to you. Maybe if you would have he uh, heeded to God's voice and repented and turned around, you would have never went that way and got into that jam. Here's something about faith. Faith will never get you out of something that sin or disobedience got you into. That's right. That's right. Thank you. That's not a faith issue. You have got to repent. And then God in his mercy and grace will forgive you and, and, and turn you around and get you out of that mess. But you have no authority in faith after you've been disobedient. Hmm. Now, one of the things that I've been doing is going through my heart. Checking them secret chambers of my heart. Yes. And I found unforgiveness for a couple of different people yes. over a couple of different issues that happened even years ago. Yes. And I know that I shouldn't have that in my heart. Amen. So God pointed that out to me. I asked him to show me. Yes. And he pointed that out to me or I would have never thought of it. So I know now I have to do something about it. That's right. I can have all the faith in the world that's not going to help me. Because that's not walking in love, and faith works by love. So if I don't get that out of my heart and truly repent of it and forgive those people uh, and ask God to forgive me for holding something out against them, I know I'm not going to advance in this faith venture that I'm in. Amen. So I recognize my responsibility. I have to take care of that before I can call on God. So there are things that only repentance and God's grace and mercy can get you out of. And fortunately, God is full of both grace and mercy. And he doesn't hold it back. He gives it freely. And his mercy is renewed every morning for that very reason. Because he knows we're a mess. He knows we're going to mess up. And so before we even mess up, his grace and his mercy is already there. Yes. But we have to recognize that we cause this mess through disobedience or yes. whatever, and repent. Like I said, faith works by love. So that means that our faith won't work when we're not walking in love. That's right. And if you're not walking in love, you are walking in sin. Uh -huh. 
disobedience. So what do we do? We repent and we start walking in love. We forgive those people that offended us. Yes. And we ask people that we offended to forgive us. Yes. And we start walking in love like we should have been doing in the first place. Amen. I know there's many times that God has watched over me and, and protected me and healed me. And I wasn't exactly in faith. So what was it then? Grace and mercy. Because yeah. I look back on it and I say, I wouldn't even believe it. And God healed me anyway. Grace and mercy. In Luke, the fourth chapter, the ninth through the twelfth verse, Jesus is in the wilderness and he's going through his temptations. And the devil's coming, coming at him. And here, here's one thing I wanted to bring out is in verse 9, it says, and he brought, the devil brought him, Jesus, to Jerusalem. I don't know if this was probably a vision or something like that, because he was in the wilderness. And set him on a pinnacle of the temple, which is one of the highest points of the temple. And said unto him, if thou be the son of God, cast thyself down from hence. For it is written, now he's going to quote the word to Jesus. He's mm -hmm. going to quote the word to the living word. Mm -hmm. It is written, he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. And Jesus answering said unto him, it is said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So Jesus knew not to throw himself off the pinnacle of the temple because he knew it would be tempting the Lord. It would be testing the Lord. In other words, he knew God was under no obligation to send angels to catch him if he cast himself off that temple. Now this also shows us the limited power that the devil has because if he could have cast Jesus off, he would have. But he couldn't. He didn't have the power to do it. So the only thing you can do is convince Jesus to do it. And you know, people can say bad things about you and, and uh, say negative thoughts that you'll never amount to anything, you're too stupid, you'll never make enough money, you'll never this, you can't raise your kids, you never graduate school, all these different things. But you know what? They have no effect on you until you receive them and believe it for yourself. Yes. So Jesus said, ah, that would be tempting the Lord. That would be testing the Lord. That would be disobedience. So he wouldn't jump. He didn't test the Lord. So uh, he had all the faith in the world too, but it wouldn't have worked in his disobedience if he jumped because he would have been tempting the Lord. Now I know I'm knocking over a few sacred cows this morning, but don't judge me. Just give it some thought because these things are important. And they were important to me, and I think they'll be important to you as well. But God wants us to deal with some issues on the front end before you get in trouble. And if we deal with it on the front end, we'll never have to get over into the consequences that that thing will cause because we'll stop it in its track. Because once we get into the consequences, we want to start questioning God and saying, how could this happen to me? Why did this happen to me? And give, give God all the reasons that you don't think it should have happened to you. And yet you caused it. Now I'm not saying we cause our illnesses. Sometimes we do because we don't obey some 
good eating habits or whatever. And it catches up to us, you know, cholesterol, high blood pressure, diabetes, all these different things, you know. We know to do good, but we do it not. So it's sin and disobedience. Don't ask God for traveling protection or traveling mercies and then get out on the Snyder and drive 100 miles an hour. You're testing the Lord. You're tempting the Lord. It's disobedience. Don't get on a motorcycle without a helmet and drive reckless through the streets. It's tempting the Lord. You know, I've seen bad things happen to good people and more than a few times, and I've had people ask me, why, why? They were good people, good Christians. They, they went to church. They were tithers. Uh, they were faithful. Why did God let this happen to them? Well, how about this? Maybe God dealt with them about it on more than one occasion, but they did it anyway, and they never repented of it. So faith has nothing to do with it. If you're in disobedience and you need to repent, your faith isn't going to work. I've asked God that question myself, but I've learned better since then. And I realize that we don't know everything, and we don't know how many times he dealt with people's hearts concerning the very thing that happened to them. And we don't know if they were in disobedience or not. All we know is what we've seen or what we heard them tell us. But we don't really know what was going on in their heart. We don't know what their confession was. We don't know what they were believing God for. We don't know any of those things. All you know is what they told you. But I do know this for sure. God is loving, gracious, and merciful. And any time that he can inject that graciousness and that mercy into someone's life, he does. Yes, he does. But sometimes his hands are tied. Especially when he's dealing with them and trying to get them to deal with it on the front end before it comes to the consequence. And the bottom line is that I know better than to question God now. I know God doesn't do anything without reason. And I know everything he does is fair and equitable and he wants to freely bless us. And when that doesn't happen, there's something wrong somewhere and it's not with God. So I said all that to say this is if God's been dealing with your heart to make some changes or adjustments, then make them because they're going to save you some grief in the future. It's better to use God's wisdom and avoid something altogether than it is to get into it and then have to depend on his grace and mercy to get you out of it. See, none of that stuff works when you're in disobedience. Faith doesn't work. Grace doesn't come the way you expect it to. Uh, mercy doesn't come the way you expect it to. Uh, but God wants you to repent, change, go in the other direction. Then the grace and then the mercy will come. Then when you're walking in love again, your faith starts working. It's remarkable how it starts working like that. So anyway, I thought I'd give you all that. That's a little side journey. But these are some of the things he spoke to my heart. But. Let's get back to the woman with the issue of blood. Remember I said she took her healing. And in Mark 11, 22 through 24, another very familiar scripture. It says, And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. That's a good start for everything. For verily I say unto you, See, he said, hey, I mean, you know, I have faith in our doctors or I wouldn't go to them. I have faith in people or, or, or I wouldn't be associating with them. You've got to have faith in different things or don't bother doing it. 
If the doctor tells you to take a certain medicine, you got to have faith that that medicine is going to work or don't bother taking it. So, yeah, faith is involved. But here it says specifically have faith in God. And, and I think that means have faith in God first. Yes, amen. Uh, and not by itself. That's have right. faith in God. Yes. That all these doctors you're visiting and the medicine they're taking and the treatment they're giving you is going to work. Yes. Because of your faith in God, yes. not because of your faith in them. For verily I say unto you, surely I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. So we have the, you know, we have the believing in the heart again, and we have the saying like Paul was saying. And then he said, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Yes. So when do we believe that we have them? When we pray, not after we get them. That's right. We believe we have them before we pray. Mm -hmm. But that word receive in the New Testament has a couple of different meanings. It's translated in different places by at least three different Greek words. Now, I'm not going to complicate things or bore you with the actual words themselves, but in some places, it's translated from a Greek word that means to simply reach out and receive something. Here, I have a Kleenex for you. You just reach out and you receive it. No problem. Uh, then in other places, it's translated from a Greek word that actually means to take by force. Yes. In other words, it's available to you. It's yours, but you have to forcefully and purposely take yes. it or receive it. But here in Mark 11, 24, this is what's interesting. It comes from a Greek word that's a combination of the two. It's a compound Greek word uh, that means both. It means to receive and to take by force. If you believe in your heart, you know, you must believe you receive. Mm -hmm. When you pray, believe that you receive, you should have whatsoever you pray. So here it's saying that uh, believe that you Receive and take by force the thing that you pray for. Yes. So my brother-in-law, George, he used to tease my kids. He'd say, here, you want this $10? Come and get it. And they go and they reach for it. Just as they just about grab it, he pulls it away. He'll snatch it away. He'd get a big kick out of that. But here's the thing. Uh, it wasn't just a tease. He actually wanted to give them that $10 but they were going to have to work for it. So what it boiled down to, they would either have to be faster than him and snatch it out of his hand faster than he could snatch it away, or what they did sometimes, they would grab his wrist and wrestle it out of his hand. But it was there. He wanted them to have it. It was his intention to give it to them, but they had to work for it. And that's kind of the way it is with faith. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. You never have to forcefully take anything out of God's hand. That's right. God gives freely yes. everything that pertains to life and godliness. So that would be healing. That would be prosperity. That would be answers. That would be anything you need. God gives freely. You don't have to wrestle or force yourself or force him to give it to you. But sometimes you can just receive something by faith where it's just released into your hand. And then other times you have to use force to get it, just like with my brother-in-law. Healing is mine. I know it is. And no devil in hell is going to keep me from receiving it. 
That's the attitude you have to have. And as sick as that woman was, she had to force herself to rise up. She had to force herself to leave her house. She had to force herself to get to Jesus. She had to force herself to do uh, the believing for that healing. And she had to force her way through the crowd. She didn't have to force Jesus to do anything. But she had to use force to get to yes. him yes. and receive that healing. Yes. She had to use force to get to the place where she could touch the hem of his garment. And John the Baptist said, until the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, until now the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. Sometimes you have to forcefully advance the kingdom of God. Why? Because there's resistance. Just like that word Sister K sent us. He's resisting us. He's resisting everything that God wants to do for you. He's resisting it. He's a resistor. He's an ad, He's the devil, which means that one whom God opposes and one whom opposes God. That's what devil means. So he opposes God in everything. And he's going to oppose you in everything that God wants to do in and through you. So, you know, someone gets saved when it looks impossible. And it was because somebody witnessed and prayed for them without stopping and never gave up. They just took the kingdom by force. That's right. They advanced the kingdom yes. by force. Someone overcomes great odds like this woman did with the issue of blood and gets healed. Well, you've just advanced the kingdom of God Amen. when you did that. And you did it forcefully. Someone overcomes obstacles and seemingly impossible odds to get the thing that God promised they could have. And they just advanced the kingdom of God by force. They didn't have to force God. They had to force their way into it and possess it and take it. And sometimes God blesses us with things that our hand of faith can just reach up and simply receive without any opposition or anything. And then there's times like these where we have to go in, overcome walled cities, defeat some giants, cross some rivers, cross some valleys, cross some mountains to get to the promise that we want. That's taking it by force. I, I mean, just because there's resistance, you don't quit and you don't give up. If you do, you'll never advance the kingdom of God. You'll never advance the kingdom of God in you or in the earth. And just because it's God's will for your life doesn't mean it's just going to fall in your lap. You have an adversary that wants to stop you. And so he sets up obstacles and barriers and all kinds of problems uh, just to get you to give up and settle for where you're at. That woman wouldn't do that. She wouldn't quit. So you're not going to walk in something God has planned for you just because it's his will. Even though it's God's will for you to be healed doesn't mean that it's going to happen automatically. And just because it's God's will for you to prosper doesn't mean that that's going to happen automatically either. It's not just going to fall in your lap. That's right. You got to get up off your blessed assurance and start taking the land and, and knocking the walls down and defeating the giants that are keeping you, overcoming the mountains and the obstacles that are standing between you and what God has for you. Yes. It's not going to happen automatically. So some things you have to possess or take by force. He told the children of Israel as they stood on the edge of the promised land, this is the land that I've already given you. Praise the Lord. 
let's just go over there and enjoy it. But then he said, go in and possess it. There's walled cities like Jericho. There's giants. There's warriors. There's mountains. There's all kinds of things that are going to uh, become obstacles to you if you allow them to. That's right. And you'll never receive the promise. Mm. Healing is yours. Yes. Go in and possess it. Yes. Prosperity is yours. Go in and possess it. Peace is yours. Go in and possess it. Safety is yours. Go in and possess it. It's not just automatic. Sometimes we need to fight for some things. But I'm telling you, they're worth fighting for. Yes. This is your salvation. This is your healing. This is your breakthrough. This is your victory. Now go in and possess it. But he said, I'll be with you. Mm -hmm. He'll be the fourth man in, in the fire. There's yes. another in the fire standing next to me. Yes. He said, he'll never leave you or forsake you. Yes. In other words, it's my will for you to have it. I've already given it to you, but you have to go in and take it by force, and you're going to need me to do it. You can't do it by yourself. I've already shed my blood for you on the cross. Amen. But you're going to have to overcome the pull of the world That's it. and go in and possess it. Yes. I've already taken those stripes on my back for your healing, yes. but you're going to have to go in and possess it. Amen. I've already became poor so that you can become rich, yes. but you're going to have to go in and possess it. Yes. You might even have to get a job. And the devil will come against you all kinds of different ways. Use all kinds of sources, even your friends and loved ones, and give you all kinds of reasons why you can never possess the thing that God promised you. And the only thing that's stopping you is you. He'll say you can't do it because you're not educated enough. But God says you are educated enough. He'll tell you you can't because you don't have enough money. But God says he'll give you more than enough. Amen. He'll tell you you can't because you don't have the talent, but God says, I'll anoint you. Amen. He'll tell you you can't because you have you don't have the backing, but God says, I'll back you. Amen. I'll be your back. Hallelujah. Yes. Thank you, Lord. And the devil will tell you you can't because you're too weak, but God says, when you're weak, then I'm strong. Amen. So faith has to have a target. Your faith can't just be aimless. You know, you have to have something to aim at. You know, a, a pitcher has to have a catcher's glove. Uh, a dart thrower has to have a dart board. Well, your faith has to have a target. It has to have something to aim at. And you're the one that gives it direction. You're the one that gives your faith a target. And if you don't have a target for your faith, you're going to get exactly what you're aiming at. Nothing. So what are you looking to possess? What is it that you have need of in your life? First of all, get yourself out of the way. Repent. Uh, correct whatever it was that got you in the mess that you're in. And then start walking in love. That's the biggest, that's the biggest hindrance to people's faith working. Is, and it's not just walking in love around church here where people love you back. It's loving your enemies. It's loving the people that don't deserve your love. Mm -hmm. When you can start doing that, and it can just be one person, like the Lord showed me. I, you know, I could be doing 
99 things right, but that one thing is going to work against me. So I, I can't just say, well, I'm walking in love except with this person. God will never accept that. It's got to be walking in love, period. Yeah. It's being patient. It's being kind. It's never taking offense to something that somebody said or did. You know, it's not easy to do. It's hard. If you want your faith to work, take inventory. That's it. Yes. Get all that junk out of your heart. Yes. And if it's possible, ask somebody forgiveness. If it's not possible, they're gone, they left, they don't, you don't have their number anymore, then just confess it to God. Get it under the blood. Amen? Yes. You'd be surprised at things that will start happening for you and the favor you start getting. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and praise you. Thank you for the word, Lord. Thank you, Father. I believe it was a fit word for this season. I believe we're all at a place where we could use a word like this and we could use some direction like this. I know it's not exclusively for me. You may have spoken to me. Uh, you may have had Sister Kay speak it directly to me and Pastor Rep for this time of season, but it's a word that applies to everybody if they just receive it and walk in it. So, Lord, examine our hearts this morning. Go through even the secret chambers. We open all the secret little doors in our heart for you this morning, Lord. Go in there and point the things out that don't belong there. And then, Father, give us the wherewithal and the faith and the strength to deal with those things. Get them under the blood so that we can start walking in love and walking in faith again. Because we all have a faith venture waiting for us. We all have a challenge waiting for us. It may be just right around the corner. And we want to be ready for it when we get to it. So we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you that your word is true and that faith works under the right circumstances, and the right circumstances is when we're walking in love. So we give you all the praise, all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. We pray that it's been a blessing to you. For more information about FFC or its ministries, please contact the church office. God bless you, and remember, Jesus is Lord.